go. Welcome to another episode of Let's Go Hockey Podcast. I am your co-host, Danny Heath of Project Hockey, and we had Kyle Oster on here. And if you haven't heard this guy's story, and if you haven't haven't gotten to know him, well, good news. Here's your chance. But with me, as usual, is... Pete Kamen, Elevated Hockey. Nothing but good news coming from Danny today. I, I love it. Fired <laughs> up. Fired up. No, this is a cool one. I mean, uh, Kyle, we'll go through all of his bio and everything, but, you know, the guy played D1 hockey, played played pro hockey. He's he's coaching kids now. He's He's got some great experience in his path. And, you know, he's... Uh, the thing I, I want people to listen to is... There's a couple good takeaways in this, but the one I think is interesting is um and relevant for a lot of listeners is that he talked a lot about how he was an undersized player you know he's listed at 59 180 um and he was talking about when you know his draft years and things for major juniors he was like 5-1 or 5-2 and just got overlooked because of that and because he was an undersized player it didn't slow him down and he ended up being a captain of a you know d1 powerhouse so i think that's a good takeaway for for players and coaches to to think about um the, the size perspective of things a little bit. So, Danny, what are you excited to share here? Uh, he's he's awesome. Um, it was great to, I think, like you said, just have him talking everything from how he wrote letters to schools and then all the way to, like, what he focuses on with his own players. And so, super excited. Thanks, Coach, for coming on again. And uh, make sure you hit that like button, show some love. And what do you say, Coach? Let's jump into this. I say let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. This interview was brought to you by our friends at HockeyWolf.com. If you love the game of hockey or just know someone who does, you need to visit HockeyWolf.com today. HockeyWolf has physical locations in Montana and Washington State, but if you aren't lucky enough to live near one of their stores, you can always visit their website and place an order at any time. They have everything you need from skates and sticks to shower slips and hoodies. And for all of you coaches and organizational leaders out there, listen up because Hockey Wolf provides some of the best team sales services in all of North America. So if your team needs new helmets, maybe some gloves, boxes of tape, even some warm up suits and training gear, Hockey Wolf has you covered. So like we always say, go support Hockey Wolf because they support us. That's H-O-C-K-E-Y-W-O-L-F.com. And hey, for all of you lacrosse players out there, make sure you visit lacrossewolf.com too. All right, let's go to the interview. Originally from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, he played two years of junior hockey in the BCHL for the Nynamo Clippers before making the jump to NCAA D1 hockey. He then played four years at Denver, where he was a WCHA scholar athlete from 2007 to 2011. The assistant captain as a junior and team captain as a senior. Plus, he won a WCHA championship in 2008. After a successful college career, he made the jump to pro hockey and played five years between the AHL, ECHL, and a season over in Germany. Kyle Ostro, welcome to the Let's Go Hockey podcast. How's it going today? Good. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. We are uh, fired up to have you on. Thanks for the time. I know it's kind of a crazy world, but uh, it's allowed us to connect. So all good mm-hmm. things. Um, yeah, we usually like to start off, um, just kind of like give us, give us your hockey background. I know uh, Kamer gave us the highlights, but um, want to chat a little bit. And, and mainly, I'm, I'm interested in like what got you hooked in hockey, otherwise, other than just being Canadian. Yeah, um, it's a good question. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, thinking back, uh, you know, uh, my dad, he, he played uh, baseball and football, so nothing like that. But yeah, just being Canadian, I think... Uh, I just was surrounded by friends. I kind of liked it, and uh, I just got involved in it. And then my dad, uh, obviously, 
saw that I loved the game and he got into coaching and wanted to be more involved. So thinking back, I think it was just always that. It was uh, just who you're surrounded with and, uh, you know, and uh, that's how I kind of got involved with ice skating. And I know my mom would tell stories that you do skating lessons when you're four or five years old and I absolutely hated it. She had to like drag me off the ice crying. So uh, she always tells that story to think that I, you know, did what I did. She thought there was zero chance uh, the first few days on the ice. <laughs> Funny, yeah, I'm kind of going through that with my boys now, but uh, oh, yeah. teaching them how to skate. Danny's in the same boat, getting the little guys, little ones. So uh, I got a four year old boy, and it's the same thing. Some days it's killing your back. Some days you're like, it was ten minutes on the ice. <laughs> yeah, but when it's uh, when it's a good one, it's totally worth it, right? I, I mm-hmm. get, uh, it's awesome seeing the little it's ones picking it up and doing mm-hmm. it. But well, that's awesome. Well, look back. I'm curious about. You know, we mentioned something before we started recording here, but let's talk about your days of youth hockey. Uh, it looks like you played a lot of AAA up up in the Calgary area. Um, what are some of the memories you took that you look back on your youth hockey? Any any takeaways or, or defining moments in your youth hockey before you kind of jumped into the junior world? Yeah, I think um, so. I did my youth hockey uh, there in Calgary with Crowchild, and uh, uh, you know now I live here in Denver, so it's a little different how they do it. It's where you live is where you play up there, so. Um, community that I was in was Crochelle Blackhawks and um, you know I think what I can recall when I'm told you know I was either making the number one or number two team so I think kind of a smaller player um, you know was was quicker at at a young age but you know I think the adversity of always making the number two team and not making the number one team with my friends was kind of what I recall going through when I was younger and then finally we kind of bantam you know, I started to develop, get a little bigger, a little stronger, and was able to start making when they go, they call it quadrant hockey. So I started making uh, Bantam double uh, A, midget A, and, and then eventually midget triple A. Um, and I think a lot of it had to do with, uh, you know, I think I went to the National Sport Academy in Calgary in high school, and I started to like really start to work on, I guess, skill, more skill development um, as I was um, going through high school. And I think, you know, you know how it is with, uh, you're playing for organizations, you get practices, so many practices a weekend, the coaches are going to work on just systems and stuff like that. So I think that I finally starting to do off-ice training and doing skill work um, for my gym class uh, really started to help develop my game. So I think that was, thinking back to kind of the youth years, you know, um, a lot, you know, adversity being undersized and kind of told too small, small to play, but um, I always – kind of had that work ethic and was determined to kind of, you know, beat the odds, I guess you would say. And uh, I think just uh, I really give a lot of credit to my family and the National Sport Academy for helping me kind of get there. Let's chat about that because, like, we talked a little bit before we were recording, I think, um, but just about, like, the idea of major junior hockey because, I mean, I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, and so there was a huge influence of, of like, the West Coast of the United States kind of going up and playing major junior um, getting drafted into that league. I was never drafted in that league. I think just cause they just had poor scouting obviously, but <laughs> I don't know. But, um, let's talk about that. Like you played in the BCHL was your, was your goal always to play college hockey or was like, did you kind of take us through that process? And yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah no, that's exactly it. I mean, there's a lot of pressure, you know, especially Canada, like WHL is to play, you know, to play in the Western league or, um, you're not considered a great player unless you're drafted, you know, especially at 14 years old, right? You know, I remember going through the hallways and, you know, school and stuff like that and a lot of hockey players there and 
WHL draft going on and everyone's checking, obviously no phones back then, but going to the library, pulling it up on the internet as, you know, and, uh, and, uh, seeing who got drafted and yeah, wasn't even close. Like I said, kind of five, you know, five foot. I think I, that year of the draft, I was maybe fifth in Bantam double A in scoring. Obviously I wasn't playing Bantam triple A, but so, you know, I just <clears throat> never really got any interest. So it just, it's not a, um, it's not a national holiday, the draft, like <laughs> yeah, no. get it off. <laughs> no, that's, that's like the Olympics with, that's Olympics with like Canada. I think, uh, right. I remember like going, everyone just like watching the, the Olympics Canada versus, you know, Russia or us. And it was just yeah. like two o'clock game, like classes canceled. Everyone must go to the gymnasium. <laughs> so, no, it was, uh, but yeah, so I just didn't really get that interest, even though I was putting up points, I kind of go back to like the size obviously was, was looked at there and, you know, I wasn't amazingly skilled. I wasn't playing Bantam AAA my 14 year old year. So, but you know, there's always, as a kid, you always like hope that you get drafted. So as I kind of realized that, um, you know, that wasn't going to happen, um, you know, especially at a young age, you know, and there's no, you don't have to play WHL at 16. There's a lot of guys that go at 17 or 18 too, but I started just getting more into, I think, um, <clears throat> the college hockey and uh, my 15 year old year, we actually went down to Boston to play uh, some prep schools and, we went and saw a Boston University game and um, a couple of Dartmouth and a couple other, and, you know, I saw the college hockey game and right then I was kind of hooked, like that's what I want to do. And the National Sport Academy, the coaches kind of like, you know, they're the, my mentors. They're like, hey, you should send, uh, you know, a letter to every single school in that area and tell them you're going to be down there playing some games, send your schedule and, you know, you want to, you want to, you know, play college hockey. So I ended up doing that and the Boston university assistant coach at the time responded and was like, yeah, if you're coming to our game, I'll meet you afterwards and stuff like that. And for a 15 year old kid, I thought that was amazing. You know, some, you know, Canadian that wrote a letter and sent it in the mail and he responded and sent back. And so I actually met him after the game and, you know, you know how it is now we have to go through the process, like of, of playing, you know, college and stuff, you know, it's like, you probably, you, probably do that when you play you know meet you know fans or kids or you know stuff like that and so like you don't think anything of it but to me that was like that was an amazing moment that helped me inspired me to be a, you know play college hockey and that it was nothing to that coach but he took the time so I think that was kind of when I started realizing that was my goal to play college hockey it wasn't WHL and I mean I got some interest from Lethbridge my last year of AAA when I was 18 um but, you know, at that point, I was already, like, all set on college hockey. I wasn't going to do WHL. And so that's when, uh, you know, junior A, like you said, Nanaimo, that's when I was trying to make my decision. Uh, where should I play juniors and, and college? It was kind of coming down my last year of AAA there. Nice. Well, I think that, that story you just you just put out there about sending the letter is a huge takeaway because I know Danny and I both get, you know, players ask us uh, all the time, people we work with, people we don't, that just hit us up on social media and stuff that are asking like, how do I get scouted or how do I find, you know, like how do I get into college? And you know, that there's a lot of ways to answer that question, but I think what you just hit on there is a huge piece of advice. I mean, that's a piece of advice I give to kids is that you can't just wait for things to happen. Sometimes you got to put the, you know, take the bull by the horns and, and, help the process along and by contacting those coaches and showing interest. I mean, that's sometimes that's the first step to open that door in that relationship. So I think that's hearing that, uh, you know, even though you didn't go and play for that school, but by getting on those guys radars and, and taking the initiative to do that, I think that's uh, that's an awesome piece of advice for, 
younger kids listening that are did they did they not offer or what why (laughs) yeah i did do a flight i I did have a fly down uh, planned to bu in wisconsin but after i saw du and uh i went to new hampshire for a state i kind of checked out three different conferences i just knew denver was it and um it was kind of i did my fly downs in the summer like in august going into my first year of juniors and nanaimo there so i was kind of just like i just wanted to get the season started and committed i mean du had just won a national championship so i was kind of like all right this yeah. is not gonna get much better <laughs> yeah hooked in well so let's talk about du so you spent two years at nanaimo and then ended up making the commitment to du and, you know, we had one of our guests earlier in the podcast uh, a few months back was Coach Carl, the head coach now. And mm-hmm. we talked a lot about the, you know, the culture of the program. And, and you know, DU is one of the most successful, historically successful programs at the D1 level. So, you know, in your opinion, what kind of, what kind of sticks out from the culture of that program that, that just kind of breeds success and, and is putting players at, into the pro ranks and the NHL and, uh, what were kind of your takeaways from that program or your experience with that program from that perspective? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, uh, yeah, Coach Carl and I were, were there at the same time, and it's amazing that he's, you know, the head coach there now at his age. And, uh, you know, everything I've seen, yeah, he's he's going to be a – he's going to have an amazing coaching career. And yeah. I think that kind of just speaks of it. Like George Gwazdek, he was the head coach when I, when I was there. Uh, Steve Miller, the assistant coach who's been, you know – winning national championships with them, you know, DU Providence. Now he's at Ohio state. He's won, you know, just won a gold medal with uh, USA there at the world juniors again. So, um, you know, I think, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a funny thing too. Cause like I'm Canadian and like rooting for Canada to win, but you know, it's one of those things kind of looking back, a lot of us talk on is that, you know, it's almost like the major junior versus college route. So it's not a bad thing that USA wins there. It's kind of just, you know, just shows, you know, college players, you know, gives them um, some props there. So oh, I was a little disappointed, but not, 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 too, <laughs> not that second. Um, but yeah, I think so the coaching staff, um, you know, Seth Appert, um, Derek Lalonde, like that, they kind of created that culture, I think, and obviously the histor- history and the alumni and stuff too. So I think, you know, my decision, I think a lot of it was like feeling comfortable with, with obviously the campus and, and the hockey program and, and the kids, that guys that are there, but I mean, it's the coaches that you're going to have for four years. Where are you going to, where do you fit in the death jar? Where are you going to play? Like, you know, you hear all the time that, I mean, the amount of times the kids transfer these days, it's, 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 uh, it's crazy. And who knows why, you know, why that is. But, um, so I think for me, it's really, it really, I think the culture kind of starts with, the alumni, the history there. And then I think really the coaching staff making you feel comfortable and just keeping that culture going. So um, with DU, I think, you know, winning national championships and, you know, being successful every year, you know, there's a lot of expectations, but I think just how they carried themselves out all four years, um, you know, as, you know, with hockey and as a, you know, as, you know, students, it was very professional, I thought, too. So it was just like a first-class kind of program, which I'm sure there's a lot of other like that in college, but it just felt right for me to go there, and I enjoyed all four years. For sure. It's uh, it's phenomenal. I was – Seth Appert recruited me, but uh, chose Minnesota State University a little bit more uh, heavier in the education Minnesota State is than Denver. Than Denver. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you talked, about, you talked about alumni, and you talked about, like – um, just that type of culture. I know you still live somewhere in that area, mm-hmm. obviously pre COVID when you could go to hockey games, were you, were you still going back and kind of, uh, checking in with the program and I'm sure you connect with Carl as well. 
Yeah, for sure. We, um, I still lived, I used to live right by campus still just recently moved, but, um, yeah, I mean, would the amount of alumni that would come to games on Friday, you know, Saturday nights, um, they have the kind of like the crimson and gold club up, up top where you kind of have dinner before and get a mingle and watch the games. I mean, it was, um, it, it was great to do that. And, and he was great on like, you know, Dave was sometimes, uh, you know, set up for guys to come down and, and, and talk with the players. Or if, you know, I had a kid that I was like uh, a team that, you know, I helped coach or whatever, always setting that kind of stuff up down there. And, and they were going through the process the last few years of uh, redoing the, the dressing room and stuff like that. So I think um, that, you know, when you're obviously asking for, for, for money from the alumni to help, you know, you know, build, build the dressing room stuff. I think the alumni events started to pick up a lot more. Um, but I mean, uh, you know, uh, Adrian Wiedemann, I, uh, who played at DU that I played, um, minor pro with a good friend of mine, he kind of got really involved in the, the alumni group. And I think it's, you know, with, um, which with Rod Summers, who's a, you know, an older alumni probably played a, a don't eighties or so <laughs> right in the right here. Don't look too old, but um, you know, they really kind of taken it on and have done a lot of events, golfing events to um, you know, just a lot. We had the 70th anniversary. So that was a big thing last year, the amount of alumni that came back. So like I said, I don't know how it compares to other organ, you know, other colleges and stuff, but I, I think it's it's pretty first class, and I think uh, those two guys, Rod and Adrian, really have uh, brought brought it up a lot. It's awesome. Yeah, it's cool to. I still live in Minnesota, so it's cool to be able to stay close to your college. Um, mm-hmm. One because I mean, connections alone is. I mean, you know how the hockey world works. We're one big family, so yeah, it's um, that part's really cool. You, you mentioned kind of playing pro. Um, let's talk about that. Like just jumping from. Um, the college game to the pro game, what was that like? Um, I mean, you played four years at Denver, which we could probably talk all day about, but you want to talk about um, kind of that jump from college to pros? Yeah. Um, you know, my my goal was always college hockey, and so when you're kind of going there, then, you know, for sure, obviously, the ultimate goal is the NHL, and, you know, it's uh, going into my senior year, for sure wanted to give it a shot. I didn't know, you know, still being a smaller player, um, you know, and a lot of the guys that have gone through before me, you know, Tyler Boys, Bozak, Rockshawnee, all those guys that kind of I played with, obviously making the jumps to playing the American League and getting some NHL games. Um, you know, I, I want you you want to go that direction, but what was the best choice for me? Was it to go to call it, you know, go to uh, sorry, you know, play minor pro in North America or try to go over to Europe where it's maybe more my style? And I got advisors, um, you know, and more conversations happened uh, my senior year there. And so when we lost out in the national tournament, didn't really know what was going to happen. It wasn't like, uh, you know, a sought after free agent, um, like, you know, some of those players that are getting every team calling them and uh, they get to choose where they want to go for max, you know, max contracts. So uh, I was fortunate enough that after uh, we lost out a few days later, uh, I got the opportunity to go to Portland, um, which was with the Buffalo Sabres organization to do an ATO and uh, they had some injuries and stuff. So I got to get some, some games in and I was there for a few weeks and uh, just got to see exactly kind of, you know, what the, you know, the, the pro game was or the American League level was. And I felt like, uh, you know, I could play at that level skating wise and, and stuff. It's a faster game and, you know, it would take some time, but I thought I could obviously kind of make that jump and uh, you know more in that energy line kind of 
kind of opportunity. And, you know, I always think back to it. It's like, you, you know, you, you have no regrets in your career, but it's like, if you can take, you know, advantage of your opportunity, you know, where would you be kind of be, you know, if you get those five games in, get a couple of points or play a little better. You never know what could kind of happen there. So, um, so got that trial. It was an awesome experience. And, uh, you know, then kind of the summer going back, working hard, it kind of made me realize like that's the way I want to go, not the Europe route to try to give it a shot. You know, a lot of my mentors kind of talked, you got two to three years to kind of give it a shot and then you kind of get labeled what kind of league player you are. So, you know, I ended up going with Columbus's uh, farm team, which is, uh, I went to their rookie camp and, uh, and then uh, went down to the East coast of Chicago express and was able to kind of get some call-ups just uh, that year too with Rochester, who's Buffalo's organized Buffalo switched to Rochester there. So just kind of got, you know, kind of got more in that East coast kind of role and, you know, I'd never had a breakout year till I probably came to the Colorado Eagles and was hoping to kind of give a, you know, make that jump to the American League, but kind of just, just could never really kind of get there and stay there, but which I was fine with. I was, I enjoyed it. And it was, uh, you know, meet a lot of great people. Like you said, this hockey world gets smaller and smaller, the higher you go up. And, um, you know, I obviously would have loved to be in the American League, uh, you know, but uh, I really enjoyed my time kind of trying to make, trying to push myself to make that 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 uh that jump sure nice and then how did uh how did the decision make like how did it come about where you decided to go play in germany for that that season yeah so i uh i was with the eagles for a few years and i uh i knew that um you know i you gotta kind of they kind of look at points right that's what my understanding was that you know europe it's not like they have scouts watching you play they kind of look hey what's this guy putting up points wise? So I was having a good year and I was like, if this is the year to make the jump. And I had a, my wife now, she was, you know, my girlfriend probably was going to be my fiance there. And uh, so it's like, if we're going to do this, you know, this is the time to do it. And so I really had a great year there with the Eagles uh, point wise and start, started uh, looking out uh, in Europe and ended up finding uh, that the league that I could, could be in just based off being in the East coast and the points I had was in the Dell two, the second league there in Germany and uh, uh, chose Frankfurt. And so that's kind of the process there. I kind of had my advisor here or agent here reach out to advisors over there. And that's kind of how I made that, made that jump over there. And I would have loved to play more years over there. I really enjoyed it. I got hurt over there uh, about 10 games in, but I uh, was able to come back for playoffs, but just the lifestyle over there, less games, you know, beautiful cities, culture. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Just never uh, just decided to make the, the trip back because I kind of knew career was kind of coming down to the end. So go do one more year with the Eagles and look for a real job. Yeah, gotcha. What, what yeah. an experience. I always love hearing the guys that uh, hearing about those those trips overseas. Danny always makes fun of me because that's like my thing. Guy loves, your, guy loves overseas hockey. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. <laughs> it's it's great hockey it's it's a different yeah. style but you know it was uh the fans is amazing like they're like soccer fans mm-hmm. you know, i loved it and you know you less games you get to travel a little bit i mean i, lo- I like history so the history over there is amazing what was your major uh, at denver? what's that sir what was your major at denver history i was at uh, finance in denver finance and real estate yeah mm-hmm. not like the the history buff taking all the classes but i just I find it fascinating kind of thing Sure. Nice. I'm actually curious. What What are your thoughts on from like a training perspective? What What were the differences from like uh, 
from Denver to your time in the E or the A versus your, the European time uh, over in Germany, was there, was there some significant differences in the way you trained on or off the ice between those different leagues? Yeah, I think with the amount of games, you know, um, you know, here in North America, there was probably less, like really in the East Coast, you got like a, a membership to a gym and it was on you to do it. Um, the American League, you know, the affiliation with the NHL, like they have a full-time strength coach there. So like, I remember the first, yeah, Portland, when I went to Portland, it was like, um, you know, traveled all day to get out there to Maine and then uh, get there that night. And then the next day they have a game. I was hoping to get in the lineup, but, uh, you know, they gave me, I didn't play the first night, but they threw me on the bike and put me through a workout that I was like, legs were dying afterwards. And I was just not used to that, you know, and then it's like, Oh, now I got to hop on the bus after their game. And we're, we got an afternoon game in Connecticut and I'm playing that game. And you gotta, then I got to go shoot on the goalies at 7am though, you know, before I play that game, obviously as a rookie. So it was, the American league was more intense with the strength coach and, um, East Coast was a little more relaxed. It was more on you to do it. It was just like, hey, we provide gym, housing, all that kind of stuff. It's on you to, you know, better yourself. If you want to go work out, you go work out. It, it depends on your play if you'll actually play. Well, when I went to Germany and I, you know, I hear a lot of in Europe, uh, the training camps are pretty intense, long. You hear guys that play in like the KHL, they're there like the beginning of July and do like a month long training camp. In Germany, we had a Canadian coach, and um, I think it was just because it was two games a day, I mean, or two games, sorry, a week. Uh, he uh, he really believed in um, having intense practice, almost like going back to college. You know, uh, mm -hmm. Jordan, you remember how intense, like, those Tuesday battle, battle drill practices or whatever day you had it. Like, you're fighting for a spot in the lineup, I feel like, in practice in college. And in Germany, I felt it was, like, the same way. The training camp was two weeks long. It was in pretty intense two a days um and then throughout the year i remember every tuesday we had two a days like it'd be like tuesday morning battle and you go home eat lunch and take a nap and you come back late afternoon night and you're doing like skill work at night so which i didn't mind the skill work i love that aspect of it but it was just since there was less games it was more longer practices like east coast american like you're on the ice for 30 45 minutes ripping the puck around getting it going and then you're off kind of thing that was my experience at least yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. So, so a big part of our, our podcast is we're really trying to leave this game better than we found it and the idea of like giving advice to as many people as we can. And um, before we start to kind of wrap this up, what, um, what advice would you have for any youth hockey player out there that wants to play college hockey that maybe is having a hard time making decisions, whether go here or there, just any, any advice at all for, for our listeners as far as like on the youth hockey side? Yeah, I think, um, you know, kind of from the way I, I went through it and, and now kind of doing some coaching, I would say you just got to trust the process. I, I'm seeing now that there's a lot of, you know, kids rushing, you know, thinking like I need to, if I'm 16 and I'm not playing juniors, like I'm not going to make it type of thing. At least, you know, I've coached the U16 level and now I've done skills with all kind of age groups. But, you know, so I think that, you just got to trust the process and, and it may be, you know, best for one kid to go one direction, but it, it may not be best for you to do that exact same thing. So I think you just need to, 
you know, figure out the route that's best for you. If it's to play that AAA program that year, then then do that. If it's, hey, I'm not going to get ice time there, you know, you want you may want to play on a different team because you're not going to get better if you don't play. So, um, and there's no rush to move up and follow the footsteps of someone else. So I think that's the biggest the biggest thing is I see in my experience here in Colorado that and there's a lot of pressure. I understand that probably from parents, coaches and, and kids on themselves. I even see a lot of these kids, you know, can be hard on themselves. So, um, you know, take your time, trust the process. And then I think the biggest thing is like, yeah, kind of what I went through is just, you know, you gotta be doing, you gotta be doing the extra. I, I see is, um, it, it, it's 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 you know the game of inches they, they talk about all the time you know you need to be doing extra I think work ethic is, is a big reason why I got to where I I was and if I didn't do that and push myself and do extra I don't think I would have gotten there so I think for kids is you know kind of look yourself in the mirror and you know as did I do something today to make me you know make me great or get make me better and and that can be little things from just you know off ice just stick handling yeah I know you do the project hockey a lot of the stuff at home just like you know, find that time uh, to do something every day to make yourself better. If that's on ice, off ice, but yeah. you need to, you need to do that, especially with how competitive it is these days. You know, back when we played, probably it was like the summers you were golfing, playing baseball. Now it's like all year round hockey, which, you know, it's, it's just that competitive. Um, I don't know if you, you need to do that because I think you need to be athletic too and play other sports. Um, but yeah, I think every day you just got to make sure you're doing something to get better at the game. Awesome. No, I think that's great advice. But let's let's flip it to the other side. You know, I, I know you've uh, after you you hung up the skates with your your pro career, you, you got into coaching a little bit, the high school level. I saw you coached at the AAA level for a little bit, and uh, and you're still working with players uh, through a couple different programs. But what kind of advice would you extend to uh, youth hockey coaches that are listening in in, in regards to uh, you know, helping their their players? You know, from a player de- development perspective. Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, I got involved right away, like when I was actually in college, just doing some lessons with kids, and then because um, the uh, DU youth hockey was right connected to the rink, and then eventually created my own camp with um, Matt Glassrow. I played with there, and I did that for seven years in the summer. So I kind of, and it was always skill development. It was, uh, you know, ten weeks in the summer, one hour in the morning, and each day was a different skill set. So. Um, I always enjoyed that skill development aspect and working with kids and seeing their, their progress and getting better. And then uh, throughout the summer and then, you know, seeing it transform into the season and hearing about it from their, them and their parents. So I always enjoyed that. I eventually then decided, okay, I want to get into a little bit more coaching and Angelo Ricci with, uh, or actually started off with George Guazdecki came back uh, from Tampa and took the head coach job at Valor, the high school. Mm-hmm. So I helped him out for a year there. And as I started kind of my next career um, side of hockey, so it kind of got me into more of on the bench kind of style and coaching. And eventually I went to the Thunderbirds two years with the U16 team with Angelo Ricci, which I really enjoyed that. And uh, then, uh, then I started having my own kids. So I kind of took a little break, but this year I got back with, uh, I've always, I guess, done every summer skill work with uh, a lot of kids that I started my hockey camps with that are now going to juniors in college, which is a lot of fun to see them working with them every summer. But this year I got back with the Thunderbirds uh, doing just skill work and that's with Angela and David Clarkson kind of uh, set that up. And so I do that with 
John Mitchell, every two weeks we worked with every Thunderbird team and uh, we, we, I guess, got PEP certified uh, this summer. Uh, David Clarkson brought that, so we implement that with a lot of the sessions. I would say, yeah, kind of to answer your question now, it's just really, you know, I really, I really believe in the skill development process. You know, I think there's a lot of coaches that probably coach to win at a young age, you know, coach the systems and stuff. And I think it's always should be developing the players, obviously, as, as you know, people and, and as uh, hockey players. And I think the skill development aspect is something that should be focused on, you know, for sure at the beginning of every practice or if you want to do it at the end. But, you know, helping their skill work, you know, making them, you know, I guess a better player and always, you know, make it specific for each kid, right? Each kid's a little, little different. So, and always using progressions to keep challenging them. And, um, you know, like I like mentioned, you love the, you know, like the power skating aspect or, or, or if it's, you know, stick handling, shooting, but combining it all together and put it more in game-like situations I like. And, um, you know, there's many ways to do it and be, be creative. And uh, I think if you're, you're doing that, you know, every practice, whatever, whatever age group you have or whatever level you have, I think in the end you're going to see your team, you know, get better and better as, uh, you know, it's, you're not going to just be playing the first line just to win. You'll see your third or fourth lines growing, you know, and helping your team team to win. So just relying on the most skilled kids. And I think that helps develop the game overall. You know, it's just that you're developing every kid, not just the, the top players. For sure. Yeah. It's a big thing. And like, especially, um like the idea of like what's best for that kid down the road like sure yeah you can double shift that top line you might win a state championship for u16 um but like what you what kind of stuck out earlier was when you're like well i like watching these kids go have success in college and go have success in um and juniors and like that's that's what it should be more about and so like the idea of like skill work and making sure we're not like a lot of coaches where they're just like i don't know i don't want to dive too deep into it but the idea of like (laughs) Like you have to let these kids have skill and you have to let these kids, you, you have to coach these kids with things that happen in games. And it's uh, yeah, it's uh, very interesting. And so I appreciate, I appreciate that. I think any coaches listening, like you played at arguably the best college in history of college hockey, you've played pro hockey, you've done all that stuff. And here you are talking, not, not about winning games. You're talking about developing skill. And so I think that's a, that's a huge, or I know that's a huge takeaway um, for our listeners and, um, before we kind of wrap it up and, and tie a bow on this, is there, is there any other final thoughts or like if kids are in the Denver area, can they, is there a place that they can reach out to you and, and check, check out what you're doing? Or if anybody listening just wants to see, see what you got going on. Yeah, for sure. I think um, I'm, I'm happy. Like I said, like I'm happy to help out any kid. I obviously do stuff with the Thunderbird organization right now, but I've always uh, uh, worked with multiple organizations or even just to talk with any, with any kids. I think um, here in the Denver area and, and, you know, do some stuff in the summer skill work. Obviously my focus is family and work, but I, I love it so much. I have a passion for that, that hockey still and, and uh, um, the skill side of the game that I'd be happy. I pass on information to guys and um, if they reach out to you guys, uh, pass it on. I'd be happy to talk with them. And um, you know, it's mo- sometimes it's just talking, right? Like uh, yeah. I know a lot of the kids that I've worked with, you know, it, it goes from, um, you know, working on the ice to just, you know, texting me, asking me questions. It's almost like, I feel like moving into that mentor stage where I had my mentors. I feel like I look back on from, you know, my parents to my coaches and, you know, sometimes you just need, uh, that 
to, you know, bounce ideas off of or, you know, ask questions and, and stuff. So I'm happy to do that and take the time to, to work with anyone, uh, especially anyone in this Denver area. Cool. Yeah, we appreciate it. Um, we will definitely get stuff linked and make sure uh, if somebody needs to get a hold of you, they can. But we always end with, and I know you've been excited about this, but we always end yeah. with the let's go. And you can get as into it as you want or, or as, uh, <laughs> as nonchalant as possible. But what do you got for us, coach? And here we go. Let's go! Woo! Fired up, fired up. I love it. Oh my god, looking ten. around like at me, like, what's going on? <laughs> That's all right. Well, they'll they'll have to listen, and then they'll they'll know. But yeah, we appreciate your time, Cameron. I'll let you close up here in a second. But thanks for jumping on with us. It's uh, times like this are, are crazy, but whenever I can talk hockey for an hour, I'll take it. So thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate uh, both of you having me on and, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. thank you for, for, you know, really bringing me on to kind of talk hockey. I enjoy it too. It's it's a time where, especially when you're away from the game, you don't get to talk about it much. So it's great to, to talk with you guys on that. Absolutely. Well, thanks for coming on, Kyle. It was great talking with you and we'll, we'll hopefully cross paths soon. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks. Huge thanks to Kyle Ostro for joining us today on the episode. I thought that was awesome walking through his, uh, his path and journey in hockey and getting some, uh, some knowledge from his experience and, and his advice there. But I think that it's time that we jump into the three stars of the night. Danny, what do you want to, what do you think? Oh, wow. You want to, uh, you want to get us going there? Yeah, absolutely. Three stars of the night. People, people seem to love this. So it's, uh, it's cool. I, I know people actually listen to the end of the, the episode, but um yeah i'm excited thanks again kyle for jumping on three stars of the night third star of the night uh brought to you by hockey wolf um just the mentorship thing he brought that up a lot we didn't necessarily have a question on it but if you if you listen throughout the episode he talked about how he had mentors how he is a mentor that's you need those right like um everyone on this call right now has a mentor or something that they can lean on but then also on the flip side i'm sure we all help people and so it's like you need that. Like if you think about business, life, hockey, you need that type of support. Nobody has to go out this alone. So absolutely uh, find somebody to, to model your game after, your life after, your decisions after. And usually a good mentor will, will go a long way. So definitely check into that. Number two star of the night um, brought to you by Elevated Hockey. Mighty Mike Camps is letters to schools. That was the coolest thing I, I always heard about people doing it. I never knew someone actually did it. Um, but this guy wrote a letter to Boston, was it, right? Boston University or B I think it was BU. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Um, but uh, he wrote it to a Boston school. And the coach was like, yeah, you're going to come down here. Let's meet. Let's chat. Um, it would have made a, a Cinderella story had he actually played for that school. Um, but the idea is like he reached out. He got his name in there. And it led to him. Obviously, there's a lot more decisions that he had to make, but it led to him ultimately being the captain of arguably the second best college hockey team of all time, <laughs> right behind Hi, Miami, right behind um, Minnesota State University. Oh, but uh, that's what I got. Um, those are my two stars, Coach. What do you got? Number one star of the night? Yeah, I, I'm going to circle back real quick. I love that one. Just being proactive and taking control of your own development and path, and not just waiting for it to happen. That's huge. So good, good star there, Danny. Um, number one star of the night. I'm going to lean on uh, his advice to coaches. And it also kind of ties in with a little bit when he's talking about the training at different levels, but it's talking about skill development for those coaches and not necessarily coaching to win every single game and, and, and just riding those, that top line of horses to, to get the extra wins, but 
but really coaching for the development of those individual players and setting them up for success down the road. Not necessarily just this one season, but success whether they get to the, you know, from the double A to the triple A level or to the juniors or college or pros or whatever, but the importance of skill development in those practices. And we talked about training and he's talking about how, you know, there's these battle days and skill days and, you know, notice he didn't talk about like today is our breakout day and today is our, you know, whatever system day, even though I know that, you know, systems are part of it, um, that skill development, especially at the younger levels are, is just so critical and so important. And, you know, he's even talking about he, in his, in his late, in his pro career, like year three, four or five of his pro career, he's still doing skill days and getting better and better and better. So any coach that's listening out there, please take that to heart and let those kids get better and hone their individual skills and get creative, let them, you know, provide an opportunity for them to fail and learn from and get better and set them up for success down the road. So that's my first star for the night. Love that. I think, um, yeah, just the idea of like, and it's, it's kind of like a broken record, but until everybody's doing it, I'll play that broken record. Like these kids need to be working on things that happen in games and they need to be working on things that aren't like team specific, because when you get to the next level, you're going to learn something new for that, that system anyways. And so it's like, it's like, why, why focus so much of your attention on that? So awesome, awesome stuff, coach. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of all I got. Um, before we go, Danny, I want to hear what's going on with, uh, you know, we talked about Mighty Mites last time. What's going on with Project Hockey? What's going on with Project Hockey these days? Project Hockey just follows the same brand as Let's Go Hockey. Like, we're trying to leave the game better than we found it. And um, if you haven't heard, uh, we, we are going to have our goalie coach on, or maybe that episode's already played. We haven't, we haven't recorded that one yet. But um, we, we opened up a whole goalie programming, and that part's been phenomenal. And so – we literally, it's a one-stop shop, shop for hockey players where you can come in. It's a training app. You can get hockey IQ, hockey sense, mindset, hockey yoga, uh, skill sessions, all those different things that are super good for hockey players all in a one-stop shop. And so we're always doing team and association discounts. So if you are a team or if you're a part of an association, you're like, hmm, sounds like something that'd be really awesome. Uh, reach out. Danny at projecthockey.com and you know, our, our app is uh, it's an at home training app that's allowing players to get better. No, it doesn't replace what you're already doing. No, it doesn't replace on ice skill development, um, but it does uh, add a lot of value for hockey players to get better. And so super excited. Um, got some things, check us out on social, obviously, but uh, we've got some things coming down the pipe that we're super excited about. So we're always just trying to help out and so do not be afraid to reach out and We'll take it from there. But yeah, Sweet. make sure you bring that up, coach. Yeah, I know one of my uh, one of my former college hockey teammates is coaching at the uh, Mount Lebanon Hornets, Pennsylvania, and they've got a couple of kids that are signed up. I think the association hopefully will get fully signed up soon, and they've been loving it. So they, he was, Teddy was telling me uh, good things about it. But cool. you know what I'm excited about, on top of the fact that Project Hockey is growing and helping kids out, is that you're doing goalie training now. Because of what that means <laughs> is that – Producer Vinny and I get to put on pads on you and just shoot pucks at your head. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't do the goalie training. We have a goalie oh. coach. Oh, um, oh. and we okay. actually have a really big name um, signed up to become one of our coaches. Uh, I don't know if I can't release that on the air right now, but it's probably already came out by the time that's um, uh, already came stuff. out. But uh, yeah, super excited, and uh, things are coming coming together. So appreciate Sweet. it. 
Give us some love. Like the podcast. Reach out to us with any hockey questions you got because we're not the experts, but we can definitely help get you in touch. And, and maybe maybe it is a question we have to answer to. So reach out and we're, we're happy to help. Danny, get us, uh, get us a fired up. Let's go to sign us off. Let's go. Woo. I was a let's go with a woo at the end. Yeah, you're, you're fired up today. I love it. All right. All right. Let's go.